Welcome back to the Great Compromise Podcast. I am Victoria the Democrat, and of course with me is GOP Jim. How are you doing? I'm great and ready to win today. (laughs) You wish. Okay. So today our topic is school vouchers. These are state or school district funded scholarships, allowing kids to go to private school rather than public. 14 states and D.C. offer voucher programs. This includes New Hampshire. Jim is going to start us off since he's on the pro side this week. We all know that education in this country is not in an ideal spot right now, to put it mildly, and especially in public schools. But most parents do not have the money to send their kids to a private school to get a better education. Why is it that parents pay taxes for their children's education, but do not have any say on where they go to get it? A child's education should not have to be doomed based solely on their geographical location. A voucher system allows low-income parents to choose a school that best fits their child, allowing them a better opportunity to succeed. You know one thing that public schools don't have? Competition. If the quality of education drops in a public school, they go unpunished. And that's what we're seeing now. Of course, not every public school provides a subpar education, but I think it's fair to say that education has been slipping across the board in this country. And meanwhile, we are rewarding them with all the tax money in the world, regardless if they deserve it or not. With a school voucher system, public schools would have to start competing with private schools for attendance. Parents just want their kids to have the best education possible, and if it comes from a public school, they will send them there just as easily. A voucher system may be a wake-up call the public school system needs to improve again. Research has consistently shown that private school students tend to perform better in standardized tests. The National Assessment of Educational Progress, which is often referred to as the nation's report card, assesses both public and private school students in subjects like math, reading, science, and writing. The most recent NAEP data shows what other research has found. Private school students score better in almost all subjects. On college entry tests, such as the SAT, the NAIS found that students in private schools consistently outperformed their public school peers in all subject areas. Megan Austin, a senior researcher at the American Institute for Research, looked at the success of students who participated in Indiana's publicly funded private school voucher program which is aimed at students from lower socioeconomic backgrounds. She says the students using vouchers to attend private schools were somewhat less successful than those who were attending without a voucher, but that both types of students were less likely than traditional public school students to ever fail a course or to ever be suspended in high school, and they were more likely to enroll in college within one year of high school graduation. Giving students access to a better education can only benefit them. This week, I'm on the con side. I don't believe school vouchers produce widely beneficial results. It's not as popular an idea as you might think. Even among conservative voters, vouchers are not universally popular. Schools in many small towns in America are closing or consolidating. These towns don't have enough students for it to make sense to have a lot of school choice. 
For lots of rural parents, school vouchers are not an issue that even applies to their situation. Secondly, voucher programs take money away from public schools and the rest of their student body. It reallocates money to private schools and middle-class kids. In Indiana, only 1% of voucher students were leaving failing schools. A third of students using vouchers were from middle-class families who already have access to good public schools. School vouchers fail to aid disabled and special needs students. Public schools are required by law to offer a variety of free services to students who require extra services or equipment. Private schools do not have these requirements and therefore they do not have to follow the American with Disabilities Act, meaning that they do not have to provide wheelchairs, sign language interpreters, or note takers. Private schools do not even have to accept special needs kids. And if they do, they have a right to bill parents for any extra services. Lastly, vouchers haven't been shown to improve students' academic performance. In 2016, a study done in Louisiana showed that kids going to private schools did significantly worse in math. Another study found that going to a voucher-eligible private school gave kids a 50% likelihood of failing math. It also had large negative effects on reading, science, and social studies. Students who left public schools for voucher entry to a Catholic school did not benefit in reading and suffered in math, while public school students showed improvement. In Milwaukee, it was found that kids going to private schools via voucher did no better academically than their public school peers. The Thomas B. Fordham Institute conducted a study in Ohio regarding the voucher program's impact on student and schools. They found that the students who attended private schools via voucher program did worse on state exams than their closely matched peers that stayed in public schools. The EdChoice Scholarship Program works to advance school choice nationwide, and according to the study, one major benefit of EdChoice was that it modestly improved the achievement of public school kids who competed to be eligible for the voucher, but did not end up using it. Thank you, Victoria. Interesting points. I want to start with your last one first, since it's so fresh on my mind, uh, about uh, how some studies show that um, the students who used the vouchers to go to private schools were supposedly performing worse than uh, those who did not in the public schools. Um, question about those studies. Do we know how soon they were taken after the kids started going to the private schools? Do we have a timeline at all? I don't know the specific timeline. I know it was taken multiple different years. Okay. Okay. I mean, fair enough. I just, I think that almost proves my point um, that how the private schools are... A tougher education than the public schools and if you bring public school students over right away they are going to perform worse than they had been at public schools but that's just because the education is inherently more difficult the studies are saying that they're doing worse on the exact same material as the public school students is that what they said the exact same material yes. well no they said math they said reading what you're learning in these private schools are different than what you learn in public schools they didn't say the same exact stuff they, they have the exact the same subjects. state exams, and same they did worse. Exams. Okay, okay, fair enough. I guess I didn't realize that. 
I, my thought was that if the studies were taken a month in, a year in, that these kids need more time Right, there's going to be an adjustment, period, right. to a new environment. That's understandable. Right. But they, they've done worse, like, on a constant basis, it sounds like, from the studies. Okay. Um, but what about the studies that said these programs raise uh, high school graduation rates and college attending rates? I would call that a success, personally. I feel like that's kind of a chicken or the egg situation because kids that apply for voucher programs and are interested in where they're going to school and trying to get like the better education, whether or not that's true that it will be a better education, are going to care more about their education moving forward because they have already a history of that, right? So it's like people that take vitamins are healthier, but is that because their overall attitude towards health is focused and it's a priority or because the vitamins are doing much? Well, I I do think it it still matters that these that the graduation rates are higher and the college attendance rates are higher. I mean that that I do think that is still important. And we see from low income public school children especially that these things don't often happen. I agree that it's important, but I'm not willing to give that credit to being a participant in the voucher program. Like I said, there's a study that shows that children who didn't take advantage of the voucher but were competing to be eligible still improved in their academics, right? It's well, they not... had to compete to be eligible, so... So it's yeah. the idea of the voucher as motivation, not in practice it being beneficial. Okay, if you say so. I actually want to briefly talk about um, New Hampshire's voucher system um, and get your thoughts on that. Um, to qualify for an education freedom account, which is what we call it here, A child must live in New Hampshire and be eligible to participate in the public education system and must come from a family with household income that is 300% of the federal poverty level or below, which equals about uh, $26,500 per year for a family of four. Uh, The funds will be given to families in the form of a digital wallet containing the grant. The grant accounts will allow low-income students to use state dollars for private schools, religious schools, homeschool, or alternative education program. Okay, so that, obviously that is not every single detail about the program, but in a nutshell, that's what it is here in New Hampshire. And so I have to ask, what about this program would you have a problem with specifically? It is specifically targeted to low-income families, and it gives them uh, the freedom to choose which school their their children attend to. I, I really, at face value, I, I don't see a problem with this, but I'd like to get your thoughts. Okay, well, it seems like the most popular use of the school voucher mm-hmm. is to pay for attendance in a religious private school. So it's not that the parents are hoping that the children do more academically, and improve in that way. It's more that they're in a religious environment. So for that to be funded from the state or the school board and take funding away from other good options just because parents want their kids to be in a religious environment doesn't seem like enough of a reason to do that unless it's actually going to help them improve in their education. And the results aren't there, that they're doing much better in their test scores. It's really just that parents are like, I, I want my kid to go to this Catholic school. I don't see why that matters, though. Isn't it 
the parents' right to choose what environment these kids attend to go grow up in. I mean, it's... They can definitely choose, but should they be getting their funding from the state to do that? Like, well, that is the question. I don't see the problem with it. Um, The Supreme Court did not see a problem with it. I, I think it's... I think it's important that these families have a choice for their children, that they're not locked in based on their geographical location. I I really do think it's good to have that opportunity. Have you heard of Blaine Amendments? Nope. Blaine Amendments exist in most of the country, which is why only 14 states do school vouchers, because a Blaine Amendment is part of a state constitution which prohibits spending public dollars on religious schools because they feel like it's an issue of church and state. And that's why most of our country doesn't participate in the voucher program, because it's a popular idea to take your kid out of public school to go into private school. But that should be something that's on your own dollar. Okay, well, it has nothing to do with church and state, um, because this program isn't specifically for families to take their kids and put them into religious schools. They have the choice of which school to bring them to. If they happen to choose a religious school, that's fine. It's not the only choice they have, though. And again, the Supreme Court agreed in 2002. Uh, The ruling held that the voucher program did not violate the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment, even if vouchers were used for religious schools. So, I guess the states have that passed, okay, but the Supreme Court disagrees, so I think... There could be some disagreements in the future, some legal disagreements. The majority of the country thinks that it's an issue. Yeah, I don't really care what the majority of the country thinks. You use (laughs) it as an argument all of the time. This time it's just not in your favor. Yeah, yeah, but I've never really cared. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I think it's evidence. Okay, okay. Well, the fact that these states have it passed doesn't mean that Well, actually, that's not true, because you had a study that showed that most people don't really care about the school choice. Okay. Or it doesn't even apply to their situation. Or it doesn't apply. That doesn't mean that it doesn't apply to everybody. There are some cases where it would apply, and it would help children tremendously. And so shouldn't we have this program available I just don't have the stats to back that up. I mean, from all my research, it shows that the most... Common situation is that it's a middle-class family that wants their student to get into a religious environment, and their test scores don't only stay the same, they worsen. So why are we putting funding towards this? What's the outcome here that people are benefiting from? The outcome is that you get to choose where your student gets an education. But it's not a better education. Well, that's, again, I think we disagree on that because... Public, I'm sorry, private schools consistently do better than public schools. And yeah, I guess some of these students have lower test scores, but I, it doesn't really matter because they're in a better learning environment and that would be better for them in the long run. I just don't know that it's a better learning environment. P- private schools can cherry pick the students that attend. So if you don't already have good test scores, they can turn you down. If you have special accommodation needs, they can turn you down. Private schools do not have to follow IEP programs, and they don't have to provide, uh, you know, disabled learning, special education programs. And if they did, they can charge parents for it. So private schools 
are more responsible to their students. They're going to educate everybody in the area. So I don't think that it's a fact that private schools provide a better education. They can cherry pick the students they allow in and that might affect their overall scores, but it hasn't shown any improvement in the voucher program. Okay. Do you think a uh, smaller class size helps with children's education? I think that's likely. Okay. Well, private schools have smaller class size. You get more one-on-one time with the teachers. Public schools are full to the brim. That alone is a benefit for private schools. Don't, I mean, but regardless of all of this, it doesn't matter. What we're talking about is choice for the families and for the children, and that that should happen. Like, that's that's a no-brainer for me that we should give these families the choice of where they send their students, regardless of if they can afford it or not. They should have that choice. We shouldn't let these kids not have a future because of where they live and how much money they do or do not have. I, I, I do not like that at all. I mean, I agree that if kids are going to a bad school system and they could benefit from going elsewhere and it would give them a leg up, then that would be good, but that's not what the voucher program is being used for. I disagree, but uh, I guess that's why we have these debates. I think so. So we may not have a great compromise this week, but I still think it is important to have uh, these calm, rational discussions, even if we still end up disagreeing at the end. It's important that we talk about these things and we may someday find common ground, and that is always good. Yeah, I think having open-minded conversations just to educate yourself about where other people are standing is important. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Great Compromise. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook and now Instagram. And all of our episodes are now up on YouTube as well. So Google us, check us out, and we will see you next week.